Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Herb Martin is joining me again today, and we're going to look specifically at how to stop defiance, disrespect, and meltdowns without yelling or ruining your relationship with your child. This is a really practical discussion that you don't want to miss. Kirk Martin is the founder of Celebrate Calm and the host of the Calm Parenting Podcast. Through the years, he has shown almost a million parents how to stop the yelling, defiance, and power struggles with even the most strong-willed children. He's known for very practical strategies and scripts delivered with humor and compassion and helping parents learn how to get your kids to listen the first time while building a close, trusting relationship. Kirk will be joining us at our homeschool conference in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, May 4th through 6th, and I hope you're making your plans to join us there as well. If you do, you'll find not only incredibly helpful homeschool helps and information, but even more importantly, you'll be able to take advantage of a lot of teaching about parenting, marriage, discipleship, and more, because we know that homeschooling is a lot more than just an academic pursuit. You can learn more about our upcoming event, including pre-conference opportunities specifically for those who are new to homeschooling or homeschooling high school at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events. Again, go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events to learn more about our upcoming event in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Today's episode is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. Samaritan Ministries connects hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation who care for one another spiritually and financially when a medical need arises. As a member, you choose the doctors, treatments, and hospitals that are right for your family. Afterwards, your medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries and they notify members to pray for you and to send money directly to you to help you pay those bills. It's biblical, affordable, and you can join today when the body of Christ comes together to pray, encourage, and provide for one another. Burdens are lifted and God is glorified. This applies to all areas of life, including healthcare. Learn more at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash Samaritan Ministries. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash Samaritan Ministries. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Homeschooling Families podcast. If you have listened to us for any time at all, I imagine that you have tuned in maybe two or three times to hear Kirk Martin on the podcast, and I'm thrilled to have him back again today. Every time we chat, I learn something new. I get new perspective. He is out there giving, really giving families just amazing information and strategies to deal with kids in ways that celebrates calm rather than allowing situations to get out of control as his ministry talks about. Today, we're really going to look at how to stop defiance, disrespect, and meltdowns uh, without yelling, without ruining your relationship, without going toe-to-toe and drawing battle lines that you really don't want to, you don't want to go there. So I'm I'm excited for what Kirk has in store for us today. So join me in welcoming Kirk Martin to the podcast. Kirk, I am thrilled to have you back again. Welcome back to the podcast. Leslie, it's always awesome. I'm super excited. 
So thanks for having me here. Well, good, good. I know that uh, you were you had joined us a couple of weeks ago in Round Rock. We'll be seeing you again in Pigeon Forge. Just really thrilled that God worked it out for you to to join us there and serve families in person as well as through the podcast. No, we love, I was telling you before, what we love about the conventions is we get a chance to meet people in the hallway and hear everybody's specific story. And so we love that. And so if you come to the convention, which you should, just meet me in the hallway. Just capture me, catch me, and we'll discuss specific situations. We love doing that. Yeah. And that's that's one of those elements that it's really hard to encapsulate. A recording doesn't give you that personal, those conversations, that really in-depth discussion that you can get when you are physically in the same space as someone having those conversations. So I really appreciate you're making yourself available really to anyone and everyone. I see you talking constantly. So that's as producers for David and I, that's our heart that we will be available to help and serve and that everyone that we present as a speaker will be available to help and serve the families that are there because we are all there to serve and to minister to one another. Right. Well, one of the other benefits of coming is that you get to see you are not alone, right? When when you have like 43 people raise their hands and they're like, oh, we thought <laughs> we were the only ones that had a child who was struggling with this. And then you see like, no, we're all struggling. So that, yep. that that's a nice encouraging part of it as well. Well, it is. And then you see that, yes, we're all struggling or we have all struggled, but there are strategies. God's word gives us gives us direction. We are able to to take things that we know about God and about parenting and even address these really difficult situations. And and that is you you learn so much and you get so much encouragement and insight that it is just really powerful, as you noted. Yeah, it's well, you know, it's what just popped in my head. Remember the scene where Jesus is in the little town square and they bring out the woman caught in adultery. Right. And we all know that story. And they, you know, all the men bring her out like ready to stone her. And Jesus kneels down in the dirt. He kneels down and looks down in the dirt. And so you start thinking about that when you have an upset child or a child caught in shame. That woman already knew what she was doing was wrong, right? There was no need to lecture her. She knew what she was doing was wrong, but she was obviously ashamed. And what I take from that is Jesus saw that and he chooses to, in some ways, humble himself, right? I mean, here's the very God of the universe and he kneels in the dirt and begins to draw in the dirt. And I think part of it was he was averting her eye, his eyes from her shame, right? And and the the powerful words of like, woman, where, where are your accusers? And so when our kids are upset, I know this is a little bit odd, but I don't like using a lot of eye contact when kids are upset and in trouble. I love eye contact like, hey, nice job, good job, well done. That shows me you're growing up. But when kids come into a room and their faces are all red and they're upset, and I'll do a couple examples as we get into this, I do like to do another activity rather than putting my whole focus on that child in the midst of their shame. So I just encourage parents as you read through scripture. Start watching for those little cues of like, what did Jesus do? Did Jesus yell? Did he lecture? Or did he teach? And he told stories and he asked a lot of questions like the woman at the well, like, where's your husband? Right. And she's like, which one? <laughs> right. Huh. And so there that that whole approach that he took that was very, very humble led them to a place of contrition. Right. And so then I try to it, it, to make it easier for myself. I try to look and say, what did Jesus do then? Can I do the same thing in my relationship with my kids, with my wife, with the state of Idaho, uh, <laughs> who has some irritating requirements this morning before? Look, I'm supposed to be the calm guy. I get this 
emails like, you're not in compliance. We're going to find you $25 for per day. And I want to, and I want to email back something very biting, right? Like, <laughs> why do you have to be so difficult? But then I realized she's just someone working for yeah. the state. And I said, thank you for letting me know. I'll take care of it. And my response back was, here's all you have to do. And I was like, I'm so glad yeah. that I wasn't a jerk to her. I wanted to be. Right. That would have just escalated it. It would. You know, this is a good point. So I would have been justified in responding back. Why does your state have to be so difficult? I'm trying to run a business. I pay my t-. I would have been justified in saying that to her, but it wouldn't have worked and it would have created a defensive response within her. But by taking a more humble route of, yeah. hey, thank you for letting me know, I got back a more humble response that was actually helpful. Yep. And so I came home from the gym and said, I'm glad I wasn't a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but it's in every relationship, right? Leslie, it's all, it's that's just the way that it works. So well and and as you were talking about that that the questions that that avoiding eye contact when there's so much shame already, they already know what they've done. I've found through the years that when I go into a situation like that, where my kids have come to me, they know, you know, they know they're busted. They know they've done wrong. They, whatever the situation, the catalyst for this conversation, I can choose to just pile on. And, you know, sometimes if we're not self-controlled, in that moment, I can just pile. I mean, I'm bringing up not only the current infraction, but I can lop in all kinds of arms about it. <laughs> and and I sit there and I just realize I'm beating this child to death. Instead of moving him forward or her forward, I am I am laying on such a burden that they may never find their way out of it. And right. so as the parent, it is so important for me to to, like you noted, as Jesus did, not go in just layering on more guilt, more guilt, more guilt till I break them, but rather to, through questions and through love, give them a path out and help them learn to think correctly about this situation so that they can find Jesus in it and find the tools to keep them from, from falling back into it again. Yes, that's that's so good. And and I'll add to that, you're modeling for them how God will respond to them, right? So if it's always that piling on, like if Jesus has said like, look, lady, how many times do I have to tell you like you shouldn't be doing this? When you control yourself, you create an environment in which you make it easy for your kids to come yes. and be honest with you. That was for me, a story of the prodigal son, right? Where the kid goes off and squanders everything and he comes home as a dad, I would have been waiting for him and met him on the driveway. Right. Like that. My natural response would be, what were you thinking? Yeah. Do you know how how many years your mom has been, you know, worried about you and yet you're off squandering our money, ruining our name? That's the natural response. And yet that father ran to him threw his arms around him. And it almost makes you tear up when you think about that, because what you were just talking about of loving your child in that moment. Now, when they grow up and they go off and they're struggling with something, now they know they can go to God and not be afraid to go to him. Because when I went to my mom, to my dad, they were gentle with me. They were kind. They were humble. So I can go to God. He's not waiting to pile on. And that's a beautiful thing that you have done with your kids. You've modeled. And that's to me what biblical parenting is, is acting as God the Father would to us. So, yeah, that's perfect. After a short break, we'll be right back to talk even more about this. 
Right, right. Yeah, we are. We have such an amazingly privileged position to model that for our children, to give them a taste of engagement with the father in that way to to not make them want to run and cower and hide, but rather find restoration and reconciliation and forgiveness where where they should find it the easiest. So so we lose sight of that in the heat of the moment, though, I think. I think, Leslie, you and I, I'm older than you, but you have older kids, right? And yeah. so when you look back, I think we can both say to parents, like, relax a little yeah. bit, right? Realize it's the relationships because especially Christian parents, right? We get, we're so conscientious, right? Like, oh, I need to raise this child who grows up to be a responsible, respectful citizen of the Republic and do, and we're so focused on like every decision has eternal consequence. And it's like, it is important. And uh, we want you to be consistent, but also to know they're kids, they're going to mess up. That's what they do. Uh And you're good parents, right? You're listening. If you're listening, you're listening to a parenting podcast, right? Like, so you're coming to a homeschool. You are by nature really good parents and your kids are going to turn out fine. So take some of that pressure off of you as the parent and off of your kids to have things run so tightly and perfectly and flow with a little bit more and enjoy them. It's just, it's hard, especially when you homeschool, but your kids are going to be okay. They're going to be okay. I was a horrible parent and our kids are fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and thank the Lord you have, you have the grace of God who, which is flowing through you. You can trust the process. You can trust that as you're taking small steps of obedience, imperfect though you will be as well, that God is faithful to, to take the, the offering that you give him in your parenting and to multiply that, to to make it, to, to kind of tie up all those loose ends because he is so very, very good. Right, right. That's good. Can I share this one example? Just because yes. I'm excited, I haven't shared it with anyone before. <laughs> so so here's the scene, typical scene in your home. Your child, will say it's a boy in this case, does something wrong, right? And he's in trouble. And this is a kid who is a lot of like our strong-willed kids. School's kind of hard for him, maybe has dyslexia, some learning difficulties, just came out of the womb, kind of a tougher kid. Right, doesn't always want to do what you want him to do. But the one thing he does love doing, he loves hiking. And this this is a real life example of this family because we were they were like, what do we do to calm him down? He goes from like here to here, and you can't talk to him because talking when people are upset tends to provoke them to anger. It makes them right. more upset. And so here's a little bit of the process we go through. I encourage moms and dads to think about this. What do your kids love doing? What are their natural gifts? Because the best way to change a behavior isn't to just stop doing something wrong. It's to start doing things right. So what we discovered is this kid, because he has control issues like the strong little kids have, he wants to be in control. He loves packing this hiking backpack and taking his mom, his brothers, his family on a walk near their property through the woods. So, so that he's really upset. And typically what we do as parents is we tend to get upset, right? J- Jacob, you need to calm down right now, young man. And that guarantees he's not going to calm down. Right. That tends to escalate. So I don't, I like that phrase we use, motion changes emotion. Uh. I like giving kids movement and for me to get some movement. Because as you know, if you are upset at someone, just going toe to toe with them in the moment, it just like, when does it ever work to say, young lady, we need to talk about your attitude right now, right? Like that just never works. So in this scene, dad's watching this and dad's natural instinct is, well, I need to jump in and I need to protect my wife. My son is saying things to my wife and I'm going to get like, you need to. And instead, 
Dad goes, grabs the hiking backpack off the handle on the door, and starts filling it with snacks. What he realizes, too, is that his son has control issues, and his son will not like the way that he's filling the backpack with snacks. And so now, now think about this kid. Two parents are staring at him. You're in trouble. You need to stop. And instead, dad peels off and starts packing this backpack. Well, the child looks up and now not all the eyes are on him. And he knows he says, dad, what do you do? Dad, you're not doing that right. Because that's a strong-willed child is going to say like, now the child, the strong-willed child may say, duh, dad, you're not doing it right. <laughs> and in this case, I can live with that right for the moment. So dad is able to say without even looking at his son, hey, you know what? I'm going to go downstairs and grab some waters. Why don't you finish packing up the backpack? And then why don't you lead us on a hike? And what it does is it gives the child a way out in the moment. It gives them some space, right? Instead of we're staring at you, now you answer for your misbehavior. Now the child's over there and he's packing the backpack and you know he's processing. I know I'm in trouble. I know I did something wrong. Dad has now removed himself to grab some waters. So we're giving some space. And now the child gets to be in control of something because when kids are upset, they tend to be out of control. Right. And so now he's in control of something and now we're moving. And maybe it's just dad and son go for a little hike. I can guarantee you 100% that somewhere along that path, that child is going to say, Dad, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that to you and to mom. When we get back home, I'll apologize to mom. And what I like about it, that's not the only thing you can do. But for those kids who get really, really upset and who don't know how to come down, giving them a job of some kind, giving them some space to feel in control of something, and then moving where you are, will most of the time will de-escalate that situation. Yeah. And the final note, because I know I've been talking too long, is we're now together with that child, right? There's a father and a son. And if you think about it, it'll make you cry because mom's looking out the window of like, there goes my my husband and my son. Uh-huh. And instead of my husband yelling at him, sending him to his room, go away from us because you made us upset. Now it's like, no. And look, I just even realize this now is that picture of like Jesus walking alongside of us. Yeah. And dad puts his arm around his son and he's like, yeah, I know. So son, what was going on? What led you to say those things to your mom? Yep. And now the child, because they're not staring at each other, can say, dad, I just feel like or this. And now dad can teach and say, okay, I get it. You were frustrated. That's going to happen like 5,000 more times in your life, especially <laughs> dealing with the state of Idaho. That's over, right. <laughs> right. It's, good. it's going to happen in life. And so a cool thing is you can normalize it. Right. Of course you were frustrated. Your sister was irritating you. It's frustrating. It's going to happen a hundred more times because you're going to frustrate her. So next time that happens, son. What are we going to do differently? Here are some options. So that's discipline because discipline means to teach, not to punish. Go to your room, think about your actions. It's like, I've already thought about my actions. Right. I know they're wrong. I just don't know what to do differently. Well, the plea I think you would hear is the plea we have to God, which is, God, will you please just teach me a different way? Yeah. I've been stuck on this same sin, the same thing that's tripped me up for months, for years, right? Most of us have some that thorn in our side, right? Will you show me a different way? And I think that's what our kids are crying out for is, I know it's wrong, but will you show me a different way to handle that? Because I don't like you being angry at me. Yeah. And I don't like losing all my stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I know from my experience, again, with with four children who are now young adults, it, it didn't have to be in a in, in an explosive situation where you realize you're not getting anywhere. With I, I found that a lot of times when those kids, when my kids knew that they 
were in trouble. They knew they they had a very good foundation to know what was right and wrong. So there was never any question in their mind right. as to what the infraction was. But when you start even asking good questions, trying to get to the heart of what's going on in that moment where they are dealing with the grief oh, and the sh- I found a lot of time the shock and awe. What on earth was I thinking? Right. You know, because it's like they're completely out of control sometimes. They just do dumb things. When I would try to go at them at that moment to get to the heart of it, even great, you know, the best methods, best whatever, they may not be able to actually talk about what's going on inside of them because there's such a conflict brewing inside of them. They're angry at themselves. There's guilt and anger mixed and frustration and all of these things. And so I'm just then adding, you know, a match to a powder keg situation already. Whereas if I am able, like you noted, to walk away or to change the setting a little bit, there are a lot of different just ways that we can mix things up a little bit, make them a little bit more comfortable. We have to remember as parents that it is our job to to train them and teach them their way out of that and their way not to fall into that again. And setting up battle lines where we are pushing, 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 going toe to toe in a situation where we're expecting our kids to think when there's all these collisions in their head already, I it's not really going to get us where we want to go. That's That was such good insight, Leslie, of like it's anger at themselves and what's going on in their head of like, oh, no, I'm going to be in trouble. Why do I keep doing that? Yeah. Right. Sometimes the same things we struggle with. And as you know, like when you ask, like, what were you thinking? They're like, I don't know. I have yep. no well, idea. think about it, son. <laughs> right. And so I think one of our favorite phrases is, especially after you give a little space, right? And it could be, you know, it could be a, a mom with four kids. So you can't just like walk out on a hiking adventure with one right. child. Right, but you right. could say to that one child, oh man, I could tell you're frustrated. Hey, could you go in the pantry and get some spaghetti sauce? Could you get that top off for me? Yeah. It's a brief little space for them to go to do something. And then the phrase, I'm curious. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. I'm curious because I know that you know that what you did was wrong, which is a, that's a really nice phrase. I know you know that's wrong, right? Yep. That's, a, that's a lot different than what were you thinking? How many times do I have to tell you, right? Those are kind of demeaning phrases, right? Like what were you thinking means basically you're an idiot, right? Like were we, like if God said to us, like, what were you thinking? I'd be like, I think I'm in a lot of trouble and you probably don't like me. So I'm curious tone is, I know you know that's wrong. And I know that you know when you do that, that usually brings dire consequences on you. And you did it anyway. And so I'm curious, what was going on inside of you that would compel you to do something that hurts you. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're getting at too is that it's parenting sometimes discipline becomes about our frustration. I'm so frustrated at you because you're making our life harder and we were doing our best. We pray over you. We've done all the right things and yet you continue to do it. And that's just not a good place to go because eventually that child will internalize. I'm a bad kid and why even try anymore? So when I say I'm curious, I'm coming alongside that child to say, look, son, daughter, or you keep doing things that hurt you, right? This isn't about me. Like you calling me a name isn't going to change my day. I'm a grown adult. I'm not going to take it personally, but it hurts you. Yeah. And so I'm curious, what's going on underneath there? Because with some kids, as you know, it's there's anxiety, right? A lot of our kids get anxious going to new places. So that will almost always result in, no, I'm not going. You are stupid, right? And now now they get sent to their room instead of having to go to church or there's some yeah. new place. And so when you start to get to the root of it, now you can say, 
oh, I know what's going on. And you probably, with your four kids, I'm sure you found your initial thought of what you thought was going on was very different once you humbled yourself, right? It takes humility. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the other thing, as you were talking, I was thinking about, we talk so much as we discuss parenting and especially, you know, we, we talk about heart schooling here at Teach Them Diligently. Really the, the depth of relationship that you're able to get when you spend this much time with your children, learning together, you know, talking together, all of these things, you start to understand the, the bents, the personalities, the natural tendencies of each child. And one of the things that was, really shocking to me, amazingly insightful, but it it was shocking to me was when I learned that a lot of what I was dealing with, especially with my boys, I didn't see this with my girls, which is probably why it was so shocking to me. I am a girl. Um, But with my boys, a lot of what I was dealing with in confrontational type discussions with my children, where I was with my boys, where I was, you know, trying to get to the root or whatever, I was dealing with anger, but it wasn't at me. My boys would get so angry at themselves. And I I thought it was me because it's just lashing out. But when you kind of boil down, you calm down, you start discussing it. The breakthrough really comes when you recognize so often they're angry with themselves. They're disappointed with themselves and that they're immature. So they don't even know how to channel that a lot of times. And so as a mom, I found myself on the receiving end of really a frustration with themselves. And I wonder if that is if that kind of insight and it, you know, that's that's what I learned about my boys. It's going to be a variety of different things. But how does taking the time to to know your children well enough to kind of get to that point of insight? How does that change the way that you engage with them? Yeah, I mean, that's beautiful, right? Because now you've got this child, whether he's seven or whether he's 14 and taller than you, right? It's the mom coming at you and it's natural to take it personally, right? And say like, after all I do for you guys and I try to make our lessons good and I cook, I do all these things. I encourage moms to do what you just said, like try not to take it so personally. Most of the time, kids, especially kids we work with, they just take things out on their moms. It's just because you are you tend to be around them more and you're the safe place. But to be able to look and even say like sometimes, and I think you're right, I think this tends to be more boys because I'm a boy and I know that most of my anger, except for the state of Idaho, is usually <laughs> just, it's usually I'm more angry. Most of my anger is anger at myself. My times where I'm like, why did I'm, why did I make that decision? Right. And I often have to tell my family of like, I'm not angry at you guys and I'm okay. I'm just venting because I made a decision and I made a bad decision and I'm upset at my self. So oftentimes with Casey, that's when I would sit down. I learned with a lot of our kids, I would just sit down in that moment because there's something about sitting down that de-escalates a situation. And I'd say, Case, you know what I hear? And even that tone, right? Hey, you know what I hear? It sounds like you're really frustrated with yourself. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to go to the bathroom. That's just a good one. I got to go to the bathroom because kids aren't usually going to follow you in. Although some of your strong-willed kids will, because you're irritated. But you could say, I'm going to go clean the toilet, and they'll be like, oh, have that at yourself. Never mind. But sometimes I would do a quick like, hey, I've got to go grab something from the car. When I get back, if you want to talk about it, I'd love to listen. And so that's a nice, that that would be one for the moms and dads who are listening. Try that sometime this week when you get into that, because that's one of just say like, hey, it sounds like you're frustrated or frustrated with yourself. Let me go do something. When I get back, I'm happy to listen. That'd be great. Just look, even that humility of not pouncing. Can I mention something? 
because it just popped in my mind, Leslie. Yeah, absolutely. I would watch one thing and I don't want to dump things. I, I Both of us, for the parents out there, we want to relieve you of right. all of this pressure to know your kids are being raised in a good home. They're going to end up just fine. You're modeling it. You can mess up. They're going to be just fine. But one thing I'd watch is the resentment seeping in. I found with Casey when he was little, there was a simmering resentment because he was difficult. And many of you have that one child who absorbs, takes up 75% of your family's energy, right? You go somewhere and it's always about that child. And you can start to have this little resentment toward him for being so difficult. And that will start to come out in your words. And you'll start, as Leslie mentioned earlier, kind of piling on. I did that to Casey when he was young and I felt justified doing it because he was difficult. But that's where the humility comes in and the grace comes in to say, I'm the grown adult. I have to step back here and I have to. And I mention this a lot with dads because dads are always like, well, I'm justified. I'm the authority figure in the home. I'm like, well, do you want God saying to you, I'm the authority figure of the universe, right? Like, I don't want, I don't want God's justice, right? I want his mercy. And so this week, if you want to practice one thing in those moments, practice humility and sitting down. It doesn't mean you don't address things. It just means you address them in a different way. Yeah. And you'll find you'll get, as Leslie said, you'll get so much deeper with these kids. Mom, I just did this and I don't know why. And you'll hear that part come out and you'll be able to say, oh, I, I've done the same thing. Right. So what do we, what do you want to do next time? And now you're just actively teaching. One other thing before I forget, I wrote it down as moms, a homeschooling moms and dads plan during your homeschool day for at least two or three incidents to happen that are going to throw off your agenda, right? Because <laughs> I know you've got this thing of like, we're starting at 8.30, we're going to do this by 11 o'clock. I would write into your plan like, siblings are going to fight at some point, right? My strong-willed child is going to resist my homeschool. And then one of your kids is going to melt down. Every single day in your homeschooling day, those three things are probably going to happen. So just block out a little period of time, right? Halfway through the morning, so that instead of being, guys, we don't have time. We've got to get through this. I can say, oh yeah, this is our 1022 meltdown or a sibling <laughs> issue because then you're not rushing and you're kind of like, you know, in a weird way, you could almost plan this as part of the homeschooling day of, yeah, we're going to teach academics, but at 1022, we're going to teach self-control. Yeah, We're going to teach how to handle conflict with a sibling. And to be honest, those will be the most important parts of your day. Yeah, More important than whether you made it through that math worksheet was, did I take the time that I was, because you're given that time, right? Versus the kids being off at school somewhere. Right, exactly. I, that's actually great. I'm going to mention that at the conference of like, why don't you plan your day not around the academics, but around self-control, how to handle frustration, how to handle an annoying sibling, yeah. how to handle an annoying state government, all those <laughs> things. With the, Everybody no, write a letter to Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. The lady Jennifer was awesome. And I can't, I'm going to call her right after this and say, thank That's you funny. for your help. Anyway, you know, I, in the Heart School book that I just put out and actually in the course, and we have a, a Sunday night email that goes out, we actually talk about the difference between academics and what we call homeschool subjects, which is character, self-control. We call them the homeschool subjects because they are so intrinsically part of your day that those are 
really, that's the money time. That's when you're yeah. teaching discipline. That's when you're teaching character and self-control. And, and so we can't get so hung up on academics that we miss the homeschool subjects, which is the missional time of everything that we're doing. So yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Yes. That's how we refer to them. We have t-shirts and all kinds of stuff because they, we all need the reminders because the academics and that, that scheduled stuff is what is screaming at us so often. Yes. Get Leslie's book. That is That's awesome. <laughs> seriously, seriously, like that'll change your homeschooling experience when you realize you're not just trying to replicate school. Right. You're just, you have this extraordinary time to build this relationship. Exactly. And that's the academic stuff your kids are going to get event, right? You got, yep. you have bright kids, right? Homeschooling parents are smart, right? Only, you know what I mean? Your kids, are, yeah. But even if you, in your head, like we had, unless you'll like this, I had a homeschooling family. It's a guy I work with, mentor. And he's got six kids. He's like, we're driving all the way across the country. And I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> and so after that, it was like, so let's plan. So when you hit the traffic, jam when things don't go right mm -hmm. let's plan for that so we actually they created the kids created this big jar and they put in all kinds of little things missions adventures to do like we're going to stop uh, when we're in a bad mood we're going to stop at a gas station and we're going to go in and buy some things buy the gas or buy something for the person in front of us nice so it shifts it from we're all frustrated because we're late getting to the hotel to now dad has a plan when the kids have like, we're going to do a treasure hunt right off the interstate, right? Like yep. it, it, planning for it is kind of a cool idea. So it is. That's, this book. that's awesome. That, <laughs> it is indeed. Well, yeah, Kirk, we are about out of time. I want to ask you, though, one more question, because as we were going through all of this and, and you've dealt with this a little bit, but I kind of to tie tie it down as we're looking at, I think we've covered a lot of ground about dealing with how to parent these these in these intense situations, right. really. You know, we're dealing a lot of times with intense situations and how as parents, we can be the adult, we can, you know, kind of shepherd the situation in the heart of our child where we want to get them. But you noted something I, I heard you say at one point about how intensity, how that can impact or maybe even calm an upset child in a situation where it's intense. So how does what is the dynamic there where you inject intensity into an already intense situation? Oh, good. So this is really important because a lot of homeschool schooling families adopt kids and we have a lot of adopted kids who have attachment issues. Even look, even if you adopted them from birth, there's stuff there because it happened and there's trauma inside the womb for nine months of a mom who's right. There, there's stuff that happens with these Absolutely. kids and they tend to be very intense. So this is a weird little concept and I encourage you to try it sometime. I don't want to project intensity at the child, but in the situation. So let me use this common one. So we have like an eight, nine, 10 year old kid and he makes a paper airplane and he throws it and it doesn't fly right. So strong will child usually is going to be like stupid airplane and he's going to crumple it up and throw Throw it down. And every good mom and dad's going to walk into, oh, honey, that was a really good airplane. Wrong thing to say, right? Yeah. Because now he's going to be like, duh, if it was a good airplane, it would have flown well. But here's the intensity. Walk in and say, you know what? If I were you, I'd be really frustrated too. You put a lot of time into making that airplane it didn't fly right. I'd be frustrated too. Acknowledge with some intensity. Now, what I didn't say was, if I were you, I would punch a hole in the wall. Right. If I were you, I would, didn't say that. I acknowledge that his frustration in that moment was perfectly reasonable. 
right? And so because I want kids to know being frustrated is a very normal thing. It's normal. Mm -hmm. It's what we do with the frustration right, that matters. Exactly. And it's the intensity. So usually we'll say, oh, honey, there's no need to be upset. So if your husband says that to you, right, what you want to hear from your husband is, of course, you're frustrated because you're homeschooling three children and you're married to me, right? If I were you, I would be frustrated by 1022 every book. So that intensity is very validating. Yeah. And it, for some reason, it's just very settling for that child in the moment, because here's what it feels like. You're taking me seriously. Yeah. You just heard me. And then one other thing, because I know we need to go, but it's an interesting thought to begin thinking about. Kids with attachment issues, they they relate intensity to connection, yeah. but they don't distinguish between negative intensity and positive intensity. Any intensity from an adult, the parents that they get, they feel connection. So even if it's the dad saying, you know what, if you keep doing that, they still feel that as connection because it doesn't mean that they're abandoned. And it does something in their brain. So it's really important to begin giving intensity to the positive times to saying, oh, that was a good choice, my friend. Really well done. When I come home, you know what? Mom texted me today. She said you did a killer job on your math today. Really proud of you. Fist bump. Lots of positive intensity. It actually, studies show, it actually rewires their brain because uh, their brains, and I believe it rewires their heart, Yeah. right? So so I'll leave you with that thought, and then um, I'll try to address that at the conference a little bit more detail. But that intensity part for some of those kids, really, really important. It means, it means I feel heard. It means I'm important. And yeah. so whether I get it from doing something wrong and you yell at me or doing something wrong, right, what's important is the child doesn't distinguish. All they know is I need intensity because that makes me feel connected to you. And so I want to shift it to the positive. Well, and and everything that you've just said really underscores the value of knowing and understanding your child well. You have got to take the time to get to the heart of really knowing that child at the deepest levels so that you understand how to react to them, how you can best help them corral these emotions or these frustrations or, or whatever it is, these issues that they are having, corral them, address them, you know, recognizing them, but also giving them the tools to grow through them to actually, you know, take that intensity that God created in them, which is right. not a bad thing because we need intense people. But right. those intense people have got to learn how to take that and use it for the glory of God, like we're supposed to do everything. So yes. it's incumbent upon us as parents to invest the time to really, truly know our children well. And again, homeschooling gives you a great opportunity to do that. Um, so Kirk, we are out of time. I want you to tell everybody where they can find you online, how they can connect with you. And then if you'll tell us just a little bit what you're planning to speak on in Pigeon Forge, I think that we would always all love to hear, hear a little bit about that too. So uh, you can find us if you just search for the Calm Parenting Podcast. It's got a podcast every week, one episode, tend to be short and sweet, or celebratecalm.com. You can find us. And I might emails all over there. So anytime you want, it's Kirk, K-I-R-K at celebratecalm.com. Email tells you heard of us through Teach Them Diligently. And then I'll move you to the front of the line. And uh, <laughs> and 
And so at the conference, the first session is on stopping the yelling and the power and struggle. So a lot of it will be this, how do you de-escalate in the moment? We have another session on discipline. And so that one's a really good one because it's about teaching. In that moment, how do you teach that child? How do you teach a model self-control? Um, and we'll go through lying, stealing, all the common ones. And then we have one on messy marriage stuff, right? Like 10 things your spouse wants to tell you, but they can't always tell you, right? Because we get defensive. And so I become kind of the intermediary. It's really interesting, Leslie, when you're in that session and you're talking and you can see like wives sit up straight or poke the husband or the husband, but like, oh, oh, I did that last <laughs> night. I dismissed you. And I was like, stop doing it. And so it's fun, but it's also deep too, right? Because it's the marriage thing is hard, especially with strong-willed kids, because most of us didn't talk about our parenting style before we got married right? We brought this stuff in and now it divides parents a lot of times. Yeah. And so it, it's a really good, it's a fun session, but it's also a deep one too. And also try to make it very practical. So awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. So great, great, great. Well, I can't wait to see you there. Thank you for joining us again, taking the time out today. It's always, it's always insightful. It's always helpful. So I appreciate your taking the time. We love it. Love it. Thank you, Leslie. You're welcome. To the rest of you, thank you guys for joining us again today. We talk all the time about how the Great Commission begins at home and getting to know your children at this deep of a level so that you can, you can make sure that as you are parenting them, you're not doing anything that breaks that that relationship that breaks your ability to point them to Jesus, that makes them really resent you for the way that you react to them. God gives us everything that we need to know about how to parent our children. And so as we get to know them and as we seek his face day in and day out, we're able to marry those two things and God gives great wisdom in the moment. So I hope that this has been an encouragement to those of you who who may find that like me, you tended to, to kind of pile on sometimes. I hope that we've given you tools to, to get to know your child at that heart level and understand how to best allow them to work through those intense emotions, validating them, but also giving them the tools to come out the other side. Have a great rest of your day. I hope we get to see you real soon in Pigeon Forge or through the year in Teach Them Diligently 365. And we'll talk again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more, so check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more.